When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new criminal case. On August 13, 2018, in Frederick, a peaceful town in Colorado, Shannon Watts and her two little girls Cece and Bella disappeared without a trace. Panic struck them hard. Shannon had left without taking her phone, without her medicines, without a suitcase, and she had just returned from a weekend-long training at Arizona a few hours ago. Her husband, Chris, was distraught. Where could she have gone without telling anyone? It was not like her to do so. All the more strange, as everyone knew that Chris and Shannon led a fulfilled whole happy life with their two little girls. And then the police gradually began to look deeper into Shannon Watts and discovered the other side of the scene. Behind the gleaming and happy facade of her life, as an influencer, a married woman, and a content mom, hid a much darker and disturbing truth. A dysfunctional family, an insufficient and depleting bank account, a third unwanted pregnancy. In short, all that she wanted was to hide from the eyes of the world. It is necessary to note that in the Watts family, everything that happens in the Watts house was revealed on the social networks because of Shannon, who did not hesitate to share her daily life on the web. She would go to the extent of sharing the most intimate and personal details with random strangers, while portraying herself always being at her best, always smiling, dolled up, ever ready, surrounded by her children, happy. When the bodies of Shannon and her daughters were finally found in an oiled site, the unexpected and terrible truth was revealed. The least we can say is that appearances are really deceiving indeed. Let's take a look back at this relatively recent affair that till date continues to upset America. Five years ago, I married my best friend, my soulmate, I married you. Chris, these years are the best of my life. Our love continues to grow stronger day by day. We have two wonderful little girls who call us mommy and daddy. We left everything, our parents, our friends, our area, and came to Colorado to start a new life and I am so grateful. Chris, I love you more than anything in the world, and God put you in my path at the right time. I could not imagine living without you, ever. Happy wedding anniversary to us. This is how Shannon Watts described her first five years of marriage on her Instagram account in 2016. A vibrant tribute of love to the man who shared her life and gave her two children. 
This status, accompanied by their wedding photo, was so moving and romantic that it garnered 36,007 views and likes in the process. Like most American women, Shannon Watts felt the need to constantly showcase her family and her accomplishments. Baking cookies without burning any, getting a mani-pedi with a new trendy design. Her favorite baseball team won the championship. Her husband got a promotion at work and will now be able to buy his dream car. Her baby drank his whole bottle without getting dirty. Her friends are the best in the world. Her daddy is the best in the world. Her mommy is the best in the world. And so are all her neighbors. And she, Shannon, was the happiest woman in the world. The pictures are there to prove it. There is not a single one where she does not smile, where she looks shabby, bad hair, or without makeup. She took great care of her external appearance and her well-being. She was the ideal symbol of an active young woman who knew how to successfully balance her professional and family life, who loved her job and devoted herself to it, both body and soul, without neglecting her kids or her partner. Shannon was afraid of one thing above all, disappointing someone. The feedback from her acquaintances and from people she doesn't even know, especially her social network followers, was extremely important to her and they were generally always encouraging and positive. Shannon always wanted to show them the best of herself, to look perfect in all aspects of life, to show off her house and all the things that money allowed her to acquire. She loved to show off her healthy, energetic, mischievous, and joyful children who were jumping around, laughing their heads off, and making her and Chris, her husband, very happy. In the Watts home, there was not a single cloud, not a single day, when the word happiness was not conjugated in all tenses and the Hollywood smiles. The hugs, the games, the laughter were all there to prove it. Then on August 13, 2018, Shannon, where are you? I've been trying to call you for long. Please answer me. The Watts house had fallen strangely quiet, and Nicole Atkinson, Shannon's friend and colleague, finally sent a text to her after several calls remained in vain. The unanswered calls felt all the more strange as they had just met at the front door a few hours earlier. Shannon, tell me, are you feeling bad? Did you fall? Did one of the little ones get sick? I beg you to answer. I am crazy with worry. No answer again. A trail of negative thoughts began to flow in Nicole Atkinson's mind. Last night about 2 a.m., she had dropped Shannon off in front of her house before going home. Both had just returned from a week of training in Las Vegas on the account of their company of slimming products, Thrive. A seminar followed by a gala evening that wrapped up with the intensive Saturday and Sunday with exciting prizes being handed out to everyone. The weather was hot. The hotel was beautiful with a huge pool. Their room overlooked a desert plain. Everything was perfect. But Shannon did not appear happy at all. She didn't sleep, didn't eat, and looked like she was on the verge of collapse. Nicole immediately thought that her friend was stressed out about her medical checkup scheduled for Monday morning. But it wasn't just that. There was something else bothering her. She could feel it. During the drive home, she did everything she could to cheer her up and make her laugh. She put on her favorite music, but Shannon was not receptive and remained silent until they arrived in Colorado. They said their goodbyes on the front porch of the Watts house, and Shannon left with her suitcase. Accompanied by her son, Nicole Atkinson went around the Watts house 
looked through the glass drawer and windows, but everything seemed to be in order inside, plunged in an unusual silence. She then called Chris, who was at work, to report about his wife's absence and then notified the police. The police officer who came to the house stated that he cannot enter private property without a search warrant. So Nicole went ahead and called Shannon's mother, Sandra Razusek, to get the secret code to open the garage. The latter worried sick, asked her daughter's friend not to cut the line until they had searched the whole house. Chris Watts arrived in the meantime, greeting the policeman and brought everyone inside. Nicole went directly to the kitchen where she found Shannon's suitcase with all its contents, namely her medication for her lupus, her phone, her wallet, her car keys, her cards, and her driver's license. The policeman, preceded by Chris, went upstairs to check if the missing person was there. But nothing, no shadow of Shannon, nor of her daughters for that matter, either in their rooms or in the four bathrooms. The girls' rooms, nothing had moved from its place except for two small blankets missing. On the first floor, Chris Watts started to make calls to all his wife's acquaintances, but nobody had seen her that day. He went back upstairs once more with the policeman and they found Shannon's wedding ring on the dresser. Chris was distraught and agitated. When questioned by the police officer, he provided his schedule, said he spent the entire weekend at home with his daughters while his wife was in Arizona for her seminar and that he had not seen her since her return. He added that he left to work from home around 5 a.m., which the police officers believed. The rumor of the disappearance of Shannon Watts and her two little girls quickly spread around the neighborhood and the immediate neighbors were already at their doorstep. A neighbor from the house across the street said he had a surveillance camera that gave a bird's eye view of the Watts home and that it might have filmed things that Chris couldn't see while he was away. Against all expectations, he proposed to let him see it at his place. The projection took place in the living room of the neighbor's house in the presence of Chris, the policeman, Nicole Atkinson, and her son. Towards the end of the sequence, no suspicious element was noted except that before leaving the place, the police officer was taken aside by the neighbor. Chris is not in his natural state. Usually, he is always calm and quiet, and there he is so agitated in all the directions. It is not normal. The policeman retorted that his nervousness was due to the events unfolding and that it was a quite normal behavior coming from a husband and a father whose family had just disappeared. They left the matter at that. Before leaving, the agents provided an emergency number to Chris Watts and asked him to join them at the police station as soon as there was news. Watts agreed and promised to comply with all their demands. At the moment, it was still too early to expect a criminal motive. Shannon's wedding ring, which was found on the dresser, could be the only proof of a precipitated departure following a marital dispute, or perhaps she just forgot to wear it after her morning shower. The assumptions did not go any further than that. In any case, the police contacted Chris Watts again the next morning to complete the missing person's data sheets. Luke Apple, Chris Watts' boss, was also contacted to verify the accuracy of his employee schedule in the morning of August 13th. Luke Apple answered affirmatively. Chris was indeed present at one of the oil wells of their company, an Adarco Petroleum Corporation, where he was supposed to work during the day with other technicians. The same day, based on the information from the data sheets, with photos and measurements, the Frederick Police distributed printed wanted notices across the Watts neighborhood and to all the supermarkets 
pharmacies, bookstores, and convenience stores. Tuesday, August 14th, the day passed painfully slow without the reappearance of Shannon or her daughters, her family and her husband's family, who lived thousands of miles away in North Carolina, were worried sick. Chris urged them to stay put, but his father, Ronnie, insisted on joining him. He didn't want to leave his son to face this ordeal alone. He flew down to Colorado the same day. In the evening, sniffer dogs were brought in by the police to inspect all the rooms of the house. Journalists and cameramen of the local television followed to interview Chris Watts. Under the given circumstances, he had an extraordinary stoicism, had good self-control, and did not shed a single tear. At the request of a journalist, he addressed a call to his wife. Shannon, if you are alive, you and the girls, come back. I miss you. I need you. But the journalist did not stop there. She insisted on knowing if he had any argument with Shannon shortly before her disappearance. Chris Watts cleared his throat, thought for a long time. Not really, an argument in its broad sense, just a small verbal clash as any couple married for almost eight years may have. It was nothing serious. They always would make up for it the next morning. In short, here are the primary elements of this story. A loving couple with two little girls and a third child on the way. A nice house in a residential area, a hard-working husband to support them, and a dynamic mom. If Shannon, Bella, and Cece weren't killed or kidnapped, where could they be? Before we move on to the police investigation, let's get to know the Watts. Their love story began in Dakota, North Carolina. Shannon Rizuzak and Christopher Watts were born in 1984 and 1985, respectively. Shannon Rizuzak was a daughter of Frank and Sandra Rizuzak, a modest couple who had always worked hard to make a decent living. She had a young brother, Frankie Jr. The Rizuzak family was very loving and close-knit. The parents adored their children and feelings were expressed openly. Saying I love you over and over was very important to them. They lived in a small house in Spring Lake, a small and quiet suburb. Since her childhood, Shannon had always wanted to live a good life with all the material comforts that will go with it. Her dream was to own a huge house with a garden and a private pool like in the cult series Beverly Hills 9210, which depicted the joys and sorrows of California's golden youth. Shannon identified these characteristics and dreamt of living the American dream, starting from nothing, climbing up the ladder and succeeding. While in high school, she worked at several odd jobs to get some pocket money. She was a fresh young girl, full of life, lively, and very optimistic. After graduating from high school, she studied nursing and worked in her country hospital. She was described as a dynamic, open, motivated nurse who was close to patients. She was married for the first time when she was just 19 years old to her boyfriend from college. Young and inexperienced, her marriage quickly turned out to be a fiasco and her divorce proceedings went horribly. To top it all off, she was diagnosed with lupus, an autoimmune disease that weakens the natural defenses and prevents her from leading a normal life. Her treatment was elaborate and expensive. Her parents took a loan to pay for her medication and hospitalization costs. Her illness coupled with her divorce plunged the young woman into deep depression and her parents into a serious financial abyss. She felt guilty, assumed everything was over, that she would not have the chance to rebuild her life with her current condition and that having children would remain a distant dream. What man would want a woman who was chronically ill and unable to start a family? Shannon obsessed with these thoughts. 
Surrounded by her parents and with the help of a life coach, the young woman nevertheless began to regain a taste for life. She reconnected with her friends, started paying attention to her looks and hanging out at night, trying to make the best of her situation. But what Shannon desired most was to find a soulmate, a man who would love and cherish her forever. Instead of going looking for love, like she did with the first one, she preferred to let things happen in its own time. One of Shannon's friends mentioned an old friend from her high school, a certain Chris Watts, a nice, serious and hard-working guy, and showed her his picture. But Shannon was not at all thrilled. She found him a bit overweight, silly with a heavy pair of glasses, and not at all her type. Her idea of an ideal man was someone like Brad Pitt or Jason Priestley. Coming to 2010, Chris Watts, after several failed attempts, sent a friend request to Shannon on Facebook. After careful consideration, she accepted his request but didn't pay much heed to him later. She did not want to give him false hopes because she was not at all interested in him. However, her friend was carrying out the role of a matchmaker between them. Eventually, with constant chatting online, she ended up liking this romantic but very shy young man who hid his feelings for her. Sometimes she gave up and didn't talk to him for days before getting back in touch with him. But Chris never gave up and insisted on meeting her. He finally mustered up the courage and proposed a date with her. In the Anglo-Saxon world, a date doesn't have any sexual involvement. A date is when a man takes a woman out for dinner at a restaurant or for some drinks at a trendy place. Gifts, flowers are not usually exchanged on the first date, but comes into play as the relationship becomes more serious. Shannon agreed to go out with Chris while remaining neutral. She knew that it wouldn't work out between them in the long run, but she preferred to take it lightly rather than turning him down with a brutal no. But soon one date followed another and they fell madly in love. Thereafter, things quickly accelerated. The words wedding, wedding ring, wedding dress started to be uttered without any hindrance. Shannon was flying up in the clouds. Chris accepted her as she was, in spite of her lupus, in spite of her treatment, which left her weak and lethargic. Even if she would not be able to give him children, he loved her and wanted to marry her. And that's all that mattered. Their wedding was celebrated with great pomp in November 2012 in the very luxurious Doubletree Hilton Hotel. The couple looked beautiful. The banquet, the bride's dress, the speeches at the end of the meal, the slow dance, everything was showered with tears of happiness. The only shadow in this beautiful moment was the absence of the groom's parents and his sister. Ronnie and Cindy Watts didn't accept Shannon for their son's wife and had let Chris know of their displeasure as soon as they got engaged. According to the Watts, who worked in real estate and law, lived a fairly affluent lifestyle. Their son's choice was simply not the right one. They found Shannon superficial, always seeking limelight, dominating, carried away, materialistic and frivolous, while Chris was the opposite, a charming, calm boy with a humble head on his shoulders, hardworking and always kept a low profile. They were certain that it will be less than a year before she starts dominating him and drags him by the nose. The absence of Ronnie and Cindy Watts and their daughter Jamie, Chris's older sister, three empty chairs at the head of the table led to whispers among the guests. This threw an air of cold discomfort during the wedding ceremony, which continued to persist. They never accepted their daughter-in-law with all their heart. After the wedding, the couple moved to Colorado, a mountainous region with a dry climate that was beneficial to Shannon's fragile health. 
While she thought she would never be able to get pregnant, the young woman gave birth to two little girls. First, Bella Marie, born in December 2013, followed by Celeste Catherine in July 2015. Shannon was literally crazy about them. Seeking more comfort, the couple took out a loan and bought a beautiful house in the city of Frederick, in a nicer residential area. The house was spacious, two stories high, with five bedrooms, a huge kitchen, a veranda, and four bathrooms. Excited about the purchase, Shannon was also swept in a whirlwind of happiness. In an effort to decorate her new home, she decided on everything from the paint color of the pots and pans to the electric range hood. She chose the color of the towels for each bathroom, about 10 for each, because she recently read on the internet that the number and availability of towels was a sign of wealth and comfort. She ordered the furniture for the rooms and chose the color of the curtains. Meanwhile, Chris stood behind, observed, nodded, and settled the bill. But deep down, he didn't like any of it. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. If it were up to him, he would have chosen an affordable and modest house, which was lighter on the pocket. But Shannon had the last word. She always had the last word for everything, even in all the aspects of daily life. What Cece and Bella are going to eat, what they are going to wear, what he was going to wear to work, family vacations, outings, their choice for pediatricians for their daughters. Shannon liked to decide and implement, and Chris let her, far too absorbed in his new job as a technician at an oil site. All he knew was that at the end of each month, the bank ate into almost a quarter of each of their salaries. On her side, Shannon was hired by a sales company as an independent representative of Thrive, a brand marketing slimming products and patches. To do this and to succeed in selling these products, she used a great ally, social networking sites. She shared absolutely everything. Apart from the products, the slightest occasion, 
The most banal event would be relayed in the form of videos, snaps, selfies, and receiving a burst of positive comments. Shannon knew how to put forward her assets. She was constantly smiling, well-dressed and full of vitality despite her illness. She was not afraid to show off her house, her furniture, and all of her other acquisitions, an exhibition that she did not consider unhealthy but as pure arrivism. From North Carolina, Ronnie and Cindy Watts disapproved of everything their daughter-in-law did and scolded their son, who was crushed by his wife. Their predictions were correct. She did what she wanted with him, and he could not say no to her. He was far too nice for that. He was simply in love. What Shannon loved more than anything was filming and showing her daily life as a mother of two little girls who never left her side. And her maternal love was demonstrative and open. She considered Bella and Cece as two divine blessings, two gifts fallen from heaven while she thought that she would never be able to give birth because of her lupus. With her husband, she always seemed to be in perfect love. She praised him as a model family man, a hero, like Prince Charming on his steed, who had come to save her and carried her into a world of wonders. All the lyrical flights of fancy that she wrote on her Facebook account filled to the brim with photos and events that have passed and yet to come. As the years go by, the spark of love began to fade between Chris and Shannon, overshadowed by the inevitable daily routine, worries, duties and responsibilities. With hospital bills, expenses and shopping piling up, the Watts' bank account quickly turned dry as the payments on their luxurious home left them nearly broke at the end of each month. Shannon's job was at least keeping the family afloat and maintained keeping up with their social appearances. Her slimming company offered her all-inclusive trips to Disneyland in Los Angeles, Las Vegas and Texas, and even a brand new car for her loyal service as a Thrive brand ambassador. Shannon was a salesperson with a passion for her job. She experimented with diet drinks and slimming patches on herself and her husband and flaunted them daily in videos posted on her Instagram profile. With respect to her in-laws, Shannon was on a knife's edge. She still had not forgiven them for their absence at the most important event of her life and the Watts in turn returned the same. By being cold and contemptuous with her, she and her mother-in-law Cindy were never a long, quiet river. The latter blamed her for controlling her son and for taking him away from a mother and for spending more money than they both earned. In other words, she had never really cared for her and was not shy of showing it to her, which hurt Shannon a lot. This toxic and shady relationship had an impact on the couple. Instead of defending her as any husband would, he sided with her parents and tried to make excuses for them, which made Shannon angry. Arguments between them became more and more frequent and resulted in Chris's repeated absence from home. His wife began to doubt his fidelity and bombarded him with questions like, Do you still love me? Are you seeing someone else? For any answer, Chris denied and closed himself in like a shell. These altercations always ended up in tears and in separate beds. On one occasion, Chris's mother, Cindy, bought a pistachio pecan ice cream and gave it to little sissy knowing that Sissy was allergic to nuts. Shannon did not let this incident pass. She accused her mother-in-law of voluntarily wanting to choke the little one. Furious, Cindy bluntly threw her outside along with the girls. In a voice message sent to one of her friends, Shannon spoke of her plan in tears. We will go to celebrate Sissy's birthday at my parents in North Carolina. I'm happy that my in-laws are not at the party. I never want to see them again in my life after what they did to me.
It was early June 2018, Chris, who worked as a technician at Anadarko Petroleum Corporation, had a new colleague in his team. Her name was Nicole Kessinger. She was single, pretty, independent, with a serene and whole character. Chris was totally captivated. It was love at first sight, and it was mutual. They started to date frequently after work and quickly became lovers. Nicole knew that Chris was married, but did not know that he was already a father. Together, they took trips to the forest and the beach. Chris felt he was in love for the very first time in his life and realized that his seven-year relationship with Shannon was just smoke and mirrors. It was Nicole, the woman of his life. With her, he felt like himself, far from the role of daddy bear that his wife forced him to play on social media at her side. The truth was Chris never wanted to have a child and now Shannon was pregnant for the third time and was letting the world know with a t-shirt. Oops, we did it again. In reference to her third pregnancy, an icing on the cake, this time it was a boy, which was enough to satisfy his ego as a dad. Shannon had even given him a name as a barely three-week-old fetus, Nico. That said, she was always in anticipation and total indiscretion. Chris, as usual, showed himself happy, but knew in his heart that a third child will put them in further financial trouble. They already declared themselves bankrupt in 2015. The worst would come to be. Juggling between his job, his double life, his secret meetings with Nicole Kassinger, and his marital duty that he no longer wanted. Chris soon found himself up against the wall. Far from bringing him closer to Shannon, the future birth only pushed them apart. This separation, which did not have a name yet, made the young woman suffer enormously, who shared her state of mind on Facebook and in text messages sent to her friends. Chris does not love me anymore, does not want to have sexual relations with me, shows himself irrational and angry with the girls as if he was very impatient. I'm sure he's seeing someone else, sleeping with someone else. I'm on the verge of abyss. I cry and I cry nonstop. The relationship crumbled. Against all odds, Shannon packed her bags at the beginning of July 2018 and left with her daughter to North Carolina to her parents, waiting for things to calm down. Chris promised to come join them in the last week of the month. A glimmer of hope reignited in Shannon's heart. But it didn't last. During their six weeks apart, the couple hardly spoke to each other. Shannon sent daily messages to her husband, made phone calls, and received only brief, almost cold replies many hours later. Chris' explanation was that he was tired from work, fell asleep on the way home, didn't see her call. She didn't believe a word of it and pestered him again and again. Chris remained nevertheless reserved and boxed up, which put her in further despair. In reality, the separation for him was like a real truce, a blessing and gave him enough time and freedom to see his lover as much as he wanted. When he finally left to join them in North Carolina, at the end of July as promised, the couple did not reconcile and they slept apart. Shannon suffered from this situation and shared it with her friend and close colleague at Thrive, Nicole Atkinson. The latter one encouraged her to seduce him to wear sexy outfits to attract his attention. But it all left him unmoved. Chris even considered divorce, thought of selling their Colorado house and moving in with his mistress. He thought of arranging an agreement with Shannon to have alternate custody of his daughters and that would suit both of them well. He had planned out the whole thing in his head. Announcing it to Shannon was the only thing left. He did not want to rush it, knowing very well how she would react. The second week of August, the Watts were back home. 
Shannon had to attend a seminar organized by the product company she worked for. The event would be held in Las Vegas and was scheduled for the weekend on the 11th and 12th of August. Her colleague Nicole Atkinson was also going and offered to drive her to Arizona. However, Shannon had a bad feeling. She felt exhausted. Her lupus did not mix well with her ongoing pregnancy and her regular medications gave her constant nausea. On the emotional side, things were far from being settled. Chris spoke to her only in monosyllables and had forsaken her completely. On the verge of despair and wanting to save her relationship at all costs, Shannon made one last attempt in writing. Words come more easily in writing than when spoken verbally. On Friday, August 10, 2018, Shannon and her friend took a 4 a.m. flight to Las Vegas. Chris stayed home with the girls. As he left, his wife left a letter which was an exclamation of apology on the kitchen counter where she told him that she loved him, that in the future she will be respectful to his parents, that she was happy to be expecting a boy, and that his coming will sooner or later make things right in their marriage. She finished the letter with an I love you Chris forever. Left alone with his daughters, Chris hired a babysitter and met his lover at a steakhouse, the Lazy Dog Cafe for dinner. Not having any cash on him, he paid the bill, $62, from his wife's credit card. The latter, while consulting her bank statement on the internet, discovered the debit of $62 and thought that it was inexpensive for an individual meal. But it was a clear clue that her husband was cheating on her. While she was in Arizona, he was having a great time with his girlfriend. Shannon returned home late on the night of August 12. The next morning, she had a gynecological checkup. The appointment was scheduled several weeks in advance. She thought about not going, but it was already too late to cancel it. All the way home, she thought about it. Did Chris read her letter? Does he still love her? Are the girls already asleep or did they stay up waiting for him to come back? She dropped her suitcase, opened her front door as Nicole drove off waving. They were to see each other in two days. The next day, Monday, August 13, Shannon disappeared with her daughters, Bella and Cece. In the office of Frederick Police Station, Chris was facing Detective Graham. The quarrel that he mentioned before to the journalist who came to interview him about the disappearance of his wife put the chip on the ear of the police officers who summoned him to know a little more. The inspector Graham pointed out to him that he lost a lot of weight compared to his physique before and there could have only been one reason, adultery. Chris would have sought to impress another woman by losing weight and taking care of himself. But Chris denied everything. You're mistaken. I never met another woman. Three days passed without any news of Shannon Watts and her daughters. At the request of the investigators, Chris agreed to take a lie detector test. Are you responsible for Shannon's disappearance? Did you lie about the last time you saw her? Do you know where Shannon is right now? Have you ever been brutal to a loved one? To all these questions, Chris answered in a negative but remained very tense throughout. This alerted the police. The result of the lie detector test were not far behind. Chris did not answer the questions honestly. The test was negative. The police were then obliged to re-interview him a second time, hoping that he would tell the truth this time. To do so, they played along like a psychologist, had a friendly approach, showed Chris how he should breathe well to calm down and that he should confess to free his conscience. Then they got down to business. Where did you hide them, Mr. Watts? Quickly de-stressed, Chris asked to see his father, Ronnie, to talk to him. Ronnie had come all the way from North Carolina to help his son through his ordeal. 
he and Chris always had a friendly, loving and respectful relationship. Their bond has been so strong at times that it made both of them sad. Chris told his father that he had confessed of his infidelity to his wife, that she in a fit of rage attacked the girls and killed them, which in turn forced him to shoot her. In the interrogation room, in the presence of his father, Chris bursted into tears in front of Detective Graham and his colleague. Under their insistence, he finally confessed the location of the bodies near the oil industry where he worked. Shannon was wrapped in a sheet and abandoned in a field, while the girls were thrown into two tanks, each six meters high and opened with a trapdoor. He said he did not know what to do with the three bodies, but the police soon realized that his alibi was not so credible. Chris actually wanted to start a new life with Nicole Kassinger. And in order to do so, he had to eliminate Shannon and their children so that she would no longer be in the way. He knew very well that a divorce would put him out of business and it would have put a noose around his neck until the children were off age. The police guessed right. After more than an hour of silence and in front of his father, who was completely distraught, Chris Watts finally confessed. The truth this time. The course of the murderers was horrifying. On her return from the seminar in Las Vegas, Shannon attacked him when he confessed his affair with Kissinger. He told her that all was finished and that he wished to divorce her to remake his life with a woman he loved. Shannon started to hit him and insult him violently. In a fit of rage, he threw himself on her and strangled her to death. Their daughters, awakened by the commotion, came knocking on their bedroom door. He calmed them down and told them that mom is not well and we will have to take her to the doctor. He asked them both to wait for them downstairs. With his daughter still asleep on the first floor, he wrapped his wife's body in a sheet, placed her in the back of his pickup, put the drowsy girls in the passenger seat and started the car. A few miles away at the oil site where he had worked, he dumped his body's wife in a bushy field and then strangled Cece and Bella with a blanket and dumped their bodies in the two oil tanks. When his sordid deed was done, he closed the safety hatch, screwed it shut, and got back in his car. It was about three in the morning. His work was to begin two hours later when the other technicians were due to come. The police were literally shocked by such cruelty coming from a father as loving as Chris Watts was. As a defense, he tearfully recounted how he was manipulated and ruled by his wife during all the years of their marriage and that everything she showed on social media networks was a lie. Yes, it's true. They loved each other for a long time. But in recent years, nothing was right. Chris talked about how his wife pushed him into crazy expenditures, including the purchase of their overpriced house that they simply couldn't afford to pay off without tightening their belts. Just to make a good impression, to get likes, to impress her colleagues at Thrive. He adds that Shannon had delusions of grandeur, a permanent obsession to show a perfect life even if it means lying about everything. While he desired a simple life without fuss, always from the stress, glitter and the judgment of others. Five days after his family disappeared and he confessed, Chris Watts was placed under arrest for the quadruple murder of his wife, unborn son and two daughters for concealing bodies and tampering with evidence. He pleaded guilty before the Denver District Attorney on November 6, 2018. The death sentence sought by the Rudsek family was eventually overturned and Christopher Watts was sentenced instead to five consecutive life sentences with three consecutive terms of safety. His trial, highly publicized in the United States, where the case had been followed since its inception, shocked the public. 
as soon as the verdict was announced, several candles were lit by the residents of Frederick in honor of Shannon and her children, followed by a memorial vigil. Many among them still can't believe that Chris killed his own family in such a cold, bloody way. In December 2018, Chris was initially imprisoned in a Denver penitentiary and was later transferred to Dodge Correctional Institution, a maximum security prison located in the state of Wisconsin, where he remains to this day. Two years have passed since the Watts case. On social networks, groups still make a big deal about this terrible story. Groups supporting Chris Watts have emerged, who deliberately support him and blame his wife for the tragedy. Frank Rosek, Shannon's father, sent an emotional message to such groups begging them not to tarnish the memory of his daughter, who is no longer in this world. On September 30, 2020, the Netflix platform released a documentary film on this subject titled American Murder. The Family Next Door. It features a posthumous tribute to the victims at the end. The story of this loving couple, young, beautiful and happy, at least in appearance, has helped to expose the lure of social media platforms. Shannon's life was portrayed in an idyllic way and many young women were certainly envious of her place, without realizing even for a second the dark side of reality. We're at the end of our show for today. So feel free to listen to the other shows on the podcast and take five seconds to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. It's really important to us. You can also subscribe to the next episodes and follow us on Facebook to suggest new ones. Thank you and see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.